Maybe I should put this at the beginning. Ooh. Oh yeah, I wanted to say, I took a little peek at our analytics the other day and only like 3% of people who watch our videos on YouTube are actually subscribed. Isn't that crazy, guys? What? What? Word. That's kind of crazy. So if you like our content and what we do, consider subscribing. What do they say? It's free and you can always unsubscribe later if you if you want to. But uh, yeah. Also, we're trying to hit 5K by the end of the year because we're really close and we just think it'd be neat. Anyways, this week on the Socratic Cinema podcast, all of my opinions are valid, even if they contradict one another. I watched the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie and it's a horrible movie, but it stayed in my mind. I have a fun fact that Tim Burton's like racist. What a fun fact. Charlie's Jack Skellington go to, going into the voodoo door. <laughs> no, not the voodoo. Step away from the voodoo door. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast. I'm Casey Clark. My name is James Delisio. And I'm Charlie Heatherly. In this episode, we're continuing our spooky Tim Burton series for Socratic Spooky Month. This week, we are jumping into the nightmare before Christmas. It's very debated whether or not this is an actual Halloween movie or Christmas movie. I think it can be both, but let's just jump into our initial thoughts. James, how did you like the movie? I love the movie. This is one of my all-time comfort movies. By the way, hi, everyone. I hope we're having a good day today. It's a beautiful Sunday <laughs> in October, and I hope you're all doing well. I just felt like some formality is in order, but I love the movie. Uh, this is a longtime favorite of mine. I I've watched it like every year since I was born. There, There's... It normally we used to watch it multiple times a year, all from Halloween to Christmas. I know this musical front and back. I say musical because it has like probably sixty percent of the runtime is songs. Uh, <laughs> but I love this movie so much. I, I know it inside and out, upside and downside, and I, I'm just a huge fan. It it always makes me happy, and I never realized how short it was until we watched it this time. It, it's really short, like the same length as Corpse Bride like an hour 15 and but honest but i think this one is paced much better than corpse bread was i i think the hour 15 did not was not a disservice to this movie the way it was to corpse bread i thought it was a great simple self-contained little story and all in all very well executed awesome interesting yeah charlie what are your thoughts uh strong b no i'm kidding uh i would totally I mean, I love this movie. I think that Nightmare Before Christmas is in my top five nostalgic movies of all time. Like James, I've been watching this movie forever. I grew up in a Disney household, uh, and I love Jack Skellington. I love the the whole way that they decided to design this world and sort of Tim Burton's weird... I, I know he designs the models in clay, but he really does make the world feel like it's almost been sculpted in and it's melting a little bit. And in Nightmare Before Christmas, you get a lot of style, you get a lot of interesting plot points, but unfortunately, I think that in some of the relationships in the movie, there's not a whole lot of depth in them. Sally and Jack, really not that great of a couple, we'll admit. Uh, Sally, pr it's pretty much unrequited love the entire movie, and then for some reason they, like, get together at the end. I don't really know why, it felt a little unsatisfying when that happened, but I'll agree with James, it's a very short movie, but I personally enjoyed the pacing. I thought that it, it, it sped along really well. There was enough interesting songs. By the way, every song in this movie is an absolute banger, which is why it's so interesting to watch. Period. 
but there's enough interesting songs to, to to keep you attached. The style's interesting enough to stimulate your eyes. And totally, I would recommend this movie to everyone, especially children, to go ahead and watch this because it will become one of your, like, as James said, comfort movies. This is like eating grandma's cookies on, on a nice autumn day. Like, this movie is forever in my heart. So I, I loved it, but on a, you know critique level i'd give it about probably an eight out of ten that's fair i I i'll give you that point on jack and sally like fair enough in an hour 15 and you're trying to tell a story there some stuff's gonna not be as satisfying as it would have been but i think all in all it did a much better job with the time restraint than than uh corpse bride but you know whatever yeah what did you think i really really like this movie as you guys said like it's one of my comfort movies i love a good halloween burton nightmare before christmas you know with the blankets with the little um spooky snacks all that all that jazz and honestly this movie i've i've watched it a lot but i feel like this is the one time that i was really like paying attention to it and it's just a really really beautiful movie as i said in the corpse bride uh cast that tim burton is amazing at world building and character design i feel like it it really says something that you can look at a singular frame of a movie and just know who it's about and who it's from and i feel like tim burton's great at having those kinds of moments and don't get me wrong, I was a, a Hot Topic girl, <laughs> so I was living my my best life watching this movie. And I agree with Charlie, because I honestly, between The Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas, Burton really has this thing for, like, one-sided pining <laughs> that I didn't realize. Yeah. And so watching, like, those two movies kind of back to back but on a critical level i guess i i'd give it like an 8.5 like upper but not necessarily like in the the nine range but yeah it's a pretty solid movie for me yeah that's that's i think that's a very fair and and well-rounded analysis obviously we all really like this movie so it's kind of just going to be us singing the praises here a little bit but uh I think I think we should go back to what Casey said at the very beginning to open our, our discussion today. Is is corpse not corpse right? Is Nightmare Before Christmas a, a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I mean, I think there's some valid discussion to be had there. Uh, I really could see it go either way. Disneyland says it's both because they have the Haunted Mansion <laughs> Halloween version of Disneyland know. said capitalism. Right? They look yeah. okay. Not gonna lie though, the I <laughs> the normal version of Haunted Mansion kind of sleeper the the, the true night, you're wild the before christmas version i i it am hits. awake my eyes are open on that ride <laughs> you guys are insane i've had enough really you think that the haunted mansion original is not interesting I mean, it's you know not, like that? not that it's not interesting not as interesting it's just not yeah you're crazy you're insane i can't believe this this is sacrilege i watched the eddie murphy haunted mansion movie when i was younger and it's a horrible movie, but it stayed in my mind. The Haunted Mansion was also the first ride that I cried on because I was so scared. So it has a special place in my heart. It is a scary, spooky ride. I love the world building that they do. There are so many like incredible original parts to that, especially the the room that is like elongating. I don't know the official name for it, uh, but at the very beginning when the room gets bigger, so many things in that are just amazing. It doesn't need uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas 
coke of paint I'm gonna be honest, to make it great. The only reason I got coaxed onto that ride in the first place, because I too was scared, was because it was themed for Nightmare Before Christmas. That was the only way they could get me on that ride. I re- I'm quitting. I, re- I refused to go on it normally because I was too scared, but I sucked it up mm-hmm. for Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, but Jack Skellington was lanky enough for you to feel safe and secure. Yeah, yeah. you want to know what's interesting, though, is, is as much as we were... Well, no, no, no. I'm not going to distract us from our point yet. We have to answer the question of, is this a Halloween or a Christmas movie? Regardless of what Disneyland says. Ooh. I mean, I think by, by I... putting it in our Halloween month, we're kind of implying that it's a Halloween movie. <laughs> I, I no. personally side with Halloween, but I'm open to hearing some some thoughts. Okay, so... James, I want you to very specifically oh, answer this question yeah. for me. Yeah, here we go. Damn. What, what, what to you is a Halloween movie? What defines a Halloween movie? And what to you is a Christmas movie? I have to answer this very carefully because um, yeah, a cool video essay coming out soon, guys, by the way, on December. I don't have a release date yet. Probably like December 1st or something because it's pretty much done. <laughs> but yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, I think... Based on the definitions that I'm going to give, I think it's both. Uh, I think that for something to be considered a holiday movie, whether whether the holiday is Christmas or Halloween, it must be... The holiday must be an integral part of the plot. If the holiday aspect was removed from the plot, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily... I have to make this disclaimer before the video essay comes out. It doesn't necessarily have to take place at the time of the holiday, the holiday itself must prop up the plot in some way. Okay. Uh, once that video essay comes out, I'm going to absolutely flame you, but I don't want to reveal what it is. Uh, but that's fair enough. I would say to that definition, then probably, yeah, it could be both a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie. I would personally side on it being much more of a Halloween movie than anything. Yeah. I think that, that Christmas is mainly used as a juxtaposition uh, tool. Yeah, it is. It, 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 yeah. It, it's used to make the Halloween aspects scarier, I think, for True. sure. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a fair point. Like, you could have really used, like, any holiday, but the one that works best is Christmas to contrast with Halloween. Sure. And and it and that's, like, the cute aspect of it, it, is it's, like, these ghosts and these ghouls and these goblins are trying to, you know, be all cheery and bright and happy, but in their own sinister way. Like, that's the whole fun point of it, and I think it makes a much better Halloween movie than it does Christmas, because with Christmas, it's a, it's a lot more about, like, a feel-good sort of story. In this one, you're trying to save Santa from the clutches of a murderous sack of snakes and bugs, uh, yeah. which is wild. So, yeah, most certainly, I, I think I would side on Halloween for this one. Fair enough. Please don't flame me, about, by the way. My, my, <laughs> flame the hell out of me. All of my them. opinions are valid, even if they contradict one another. I will not hear any other way. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, what do you think? I would say that it could be both, but it veers more to a Halloween movie, mostly because they spent the majority of the movie in Halloween Town. Mm. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Sure, right. sure. I have tons of cool fun facts about this movie, by the way, so stay tuned. I do, too. I, I've got oh, my yeah. IMDb trivia pages locked and loaded. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. But I guess, I guess, yeah, I think it's safe to say that it's a Halloween. It's a Halloween movie that uses Christmas as a plot device. Yes. But I, entirely I think for agree. something to be a Halloween movie at all, it also has to use Halloween as a plot device. So, you know, I guess it's still both. But yeah, I, I, I feel very comfortable putting it on the Halloween side of the spectrum. Like, I, I'd feel less comfy watching this movie on Christmas Eve than I would on Halloween Eve, you know? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. like this, the, the 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 central question that you have to answer is: Is this movie spooky or is this movie cheery? Definitely spooky for me, for sure. Definitely, for sure. I think so. And you guys want to know something that I think is interesting because we were talking a little bit earlier during our initial impressions about how, like, oh, you look at you take one look at this movie and it's obviously Tim Burton, right? For mm-hmm. as much as we pin this movie on Tim Burton, he really was not that involved in the process, which I think is very interesting. I mean, so the movie, right right off the bat, the movie was not directed by Tim Burton. Uh, it was produced by Tim Burton, but it was actually, in fact, directed by Henry Selleck. And apparently, I've been reading about, like, kind of the making of the movie. Apparently, Tim Burton was, all, throughout the three years of them making the movie, Tim Burton was only ever on set for, like, eight to ten days. And, like, that, that was huh. the extent wow. of his involvement. He basically, the process was Tim Burton wrote this poem called The Nightmare Before Christmas, handed it off to Henry Selleck, who made it into a movie, and basically did his best to make it look like Tim Burton. Because, you know, Tim Burton was too busy making Batman and Robin, or whatever the movie was called. Which I just thought was interesting. It's like, it's like, huh, as much as we like think of this as a Tim Burton movie, he really was not very heavily involved in it. Which is just mm-hmm. very interesting. But I guess it just goes to show, like, how distinct his style is that even when someone else tries to replicate it, you can still tell what it's trying to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that... I would say that although Tim Burton was not actively influencing the movie, there's a big passive influence on everything. Like, you can see most of the uh, story beats are things that Tim Burton loves using. I mean, the story was, like, pretty much written by Tim Burton. Uh, the style is obviously derived from him. Danny Elfman's in it as well, who's basically a a musical extension of Tim Burton. Yeah. And I think a lot of it definitely takes after him. Even though Selleck was the director, it sort of just feels like he was the director only because they needed somebody to organize everything on the daily. And Tim Burton was, yeah, yeah. busy doing Batman and Robin. Selleck described it as Tim Burton laid the egg and Selleck hatched it, is, is the way he described the process, which I think is pretty pretty cool. I, I just think it's, you know, it's just kind of like an interesting little fun fact. But, um... Yeah, man, Danny Elfman doesn't miss. Danny Elfman has not ever had one single miss in his career, as far as I'm concerned. Just the music in this movie, so good. The motifs don't even get me started. Oh, my gosh. I think this movie blasts Corpse right out of the water in terms of songs, right? I, I agree. He's a great singer, too. Yeah, that's, he, yeah. He, he's the singing voice of Jack Skellington. Yeah, but not the talking voice, because not the Jack talking Skellington's voice. talking voice actor didn't, could, you know, was not a very great singer, apparently. Well, I have a very cool fact to end our discussion about the whether or not it's a Halloween or Christmas movie. The director says that it's a Halloween movie, so oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a quote? Yeah. I don't, uh, the director confirmed that The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie. Uh, Fair enough. That's all it Fair says. Enough. That's so, all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Well, he he said it at Colorado's Tilleride Horror Show Film Festival. What is that? So. It's a, it's a horror film show festival. I don't know. I guess presumably for Halloween movies. Exactly. Which would mean that it, that it is in fact a Halloween movie. You heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, the hottest take, Nightmare Before Christmas. Is a Halloween Actually movie. a Halloween movie. I'm, I'm clickbaiting the heck out of that, dude. Oh, heck yeah, man. Uh, did you guys know, I have a fun fact, that Tim Burton's like racist? <laughs> I saw that this morning. What a fun fact. That's a really fun one. I was like, because there's this trend going around where you like make yourself look like a Tim Burton character. And it, it uh, apparently a while ago, Tim Burton like 
was confronted about the fact that there are no like people of color in any of his movies. I mean, particularly black people was, I think, what the the like question was wow. about. Uh, and Tim Burton yeah. responded by saying that they don't fit the aesthetic. <laughs> wow, like, dude, try harder. Like, please takes 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 on this. <gasps> uh, can we appreciate these movies anymore? It certainly leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but. I mean, separation. Right. We I th are we? Do we believe in separating the I'll art from the artist here? I don't. Know. I personally believe Pirating. in separating art from the artist. Pirate but... instead. Yeah, or watch. Uh, but for legal reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Casey. Do you think we can separate art from the artist? That is a great question. Yeah, I think a part a part of it depends too on whether or not you supporting the art is also supporting the artist. Yeah, because I feel like if it's like pre-exist, like I can enjoy pre-existing art, but that doesn't mean I need to support anything new. new that's that I about. think that's a good way to look. I think that's how I look at it as well. If you maybe you had both the movies that we've talked about on disc, and you and then you find out that Tim Burton's racist, but you still have this stuff on disc, you already yeah, paid it's like for you shouldn't. It. He has your money. Yeah. Like you just don't have to support him farther like that's how i am with like uh jk rowling oh god like i will love the harry potters and like acknowledge that they except for chris child oh the screw that was so bad um, and like acknowledge that that those books like held a special place in my heart and also real like acknowledge and promote that jk rowling's a transphobic clown and then so. My favorite thing is always that, like, the one Asian character in the Harry Potter books is named Cho Chang and is in Ravenclaw. Right? I just, mm -hmm. who, who proofread these books? So, unfortunate news about Tim Burton. That's, that's, you know, you hate to hear it. But, hey, you know, maybe we can still support Nightmare Before Christmas because, after all, Tim Burton wasn't really that hands-on in the making of it. So true stan selick instead true unless something comes out yeah unless something comes out about henry selick i think nightmare before oh, christmas Lord. is still safe from being canceled man doesn't fit the aesthetic that's such a lame excuse that's the like there aren't african-american goth and alternative people like you could just I hate it here. anyone can be skinny and have sunken in cheeks like it doesn't that's <laughs> that's not an anglo trait <laughs> exactly Imagine like, gatekeeping, like being malnourished. <laughs> being malnourished. Well, he just likes making people that are like close to death in every single one of his movies. Like that's why everyone's so pale, is because that's his reasoning. Is he's like, oh, well, they're basically dead already. Well, people of color but it's like, dude, pale. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> that's why it's stupid. <laughs> he made a movie that was entirely in black and white, by the way, and it's like. You like your entire ar argument of like, oh, well, it just the, the colors match or whatever. Like, that's out the window now. If you made a movie in black and white, sure. Like, literally, this guy True. needs to. He, he, I just don't get the argument. But what movies has he even made recently? Uh, in order what to is, uh, Dumbo, Dumbo, oh, Dumbo, Dumbo was Tim Burton, yeah, the live action. Oh, Dumbo. did he Where make did... that less racist? Because <laughs> Dumbo is pretty racist. They so did, did he... take the crows out. Okay, that's good. <laughs> oh, I forgot about but that. I don't think that was... Yeah. I feel like he would have kept the crows in. <laughs> Personally. I just... Maybe Tim Burton can adapt Song of the South. <laughs> no! 
<laughs> they just keep getting him to do progressively more problematic things. Just Song of the South, but it's all white people. They, yeah, Disney's <laughs> like come to the end of their live action reboots, and it's like, uh, gosh, it's it's, it's just our only other choice left is Song of the South. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like it's the last one we have to oh, adapt. Uh... Let's get Tim Burton. He'll he'll be happy. Let's he'll be Tim happy Tim to do it. <laughs> Oh, it's just choosing a martyr at that point. Oh my gosh! He'd take it too. He would. I. I. I mean, he'd probably make it really creepy. Which I mean, maybe rightfully so. That we should be creepy. Antebellum. We should. We should be creeped out by that. Absolutely. True. Yeah. Let's not even talk. Let's not even bring up Antebellum, the the Jordan Peele <laughs> movie. Jeez. Not a Jordan Peele movie. He wasn't even. He wasn't. No. Oh, was it a Tim Burton Nightmare Before the... Christmas situation? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't even that. It was just, I think it was the producers of Get Out. Yeah, Why would they, they just put, put his name... name on it? Because He's... producers thought... of Jordan Peele's Get Out, you know? They were like, oh, Jordan Peele, and then they just watch that. <laughs> Jordan Peele that does movie. movies about scary black people. We put his oh, name on, people watch. Oh my gosh. And then they did that, and then the movie was god awful because they didn't associate Jordan or because Jordan Peele wasn't like associated with it, like at all. They need to. I don't know. I'm excited to see what Jordan Peele does next. I hear that he actually. Oh, Candyman! Oh, that's right. I am waiting. I'm hyped. I heard that he uh, executive produced Lovecraft Country too. Yes, he did. And which I want to see is is insane. What is Lovecraft? You don't know uh, Lovecraft Country? Oh, James. Is that like HBO? Does it have man. to do with HP Lovecraft? No, just no. coincidentally. Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, oh man, I feel like there could be well, a really cool HBO show about like different Lovecraft stories. It's basically like the idea of Lovecraftian horror. It's like those monsters uh, beyond just put in. Yeah. yeah it's and, like and, sci fi monsters a... plus like racism and. Yeah. All this, like, yeah, it's insane. Uh, that sounds interesting. I, I, I'm not an HBO person, though. Really, I don't have HBO. Is it HBO Max? Do you Ooh. have HBO Max? I don't have, I don't, I don't have any HBO. I don't think. Wait, I think it's just regular HBO. Is that two different tiers of payment? I have yes. zero clue. Oh my gosh, it's like you pay yeah, for Netflix and then you so. pay for Netflix Plus. Like what? No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's annoying. That is annoying. Did you know Selick did Coraline too? Oh, seriously? That makes a yeah. lot of sense, actually. Oh, Selick's a god, then. Yeah, he just and James and the Giant Peach. Oh, that is a scary movie. Is it really <laughs> living in a peach? It's horrifying. I've seen it once, and I don't remember anything about it. I just remember <laughs> being afraid. <laughs> the emo- that was my first brush with it's the one with like fear. the giant bugs yeah it was they were giant bugs inside the peach oh but it has the hot spider lady who oh charlie <laughs> there's a spider lady uh i know who you're talking about and i'm it has a cricket in a suit i can't do it susan sarandon susan sarandon was the voice of the spider lady Oh, this all makes sense then. It's adding up. Yeah, come on, Rocky Horror Picture Show and Dead Man Walking. Jeez. I've never if seen Rocky anyone... Horror Picture Show. Yeah, me neither. I will me admit. neither. That's amazing. I used to mix up Rocky Horror Picture Show with Little Shop of Horrors purely because yes. they both had horror in the name. And How I think the you... same font. On yeah, they're both they're very wildly well. different shows. Though. One of them has a plant dog. What are you talking about? Me. One has a. That's my impression yeah. of the plant. 
Spot on. You really nailed oh, it. Oh, Tim Burton also did the Alice in Wonderland movie. Yeah, we don't acknowledge okay, the second honestly, one. Honestly, sleeper hit. Wait, no, no sleeper, sleeper hit. hit. Yeah, I agree with The Charlie. second one? I like the first one. The second one? Oh, I don't I, I think I I think both of them are sleeper hits. I I honestly thought that his Alice in Wonderland world was really cool. It was. And and like the whole it. thing with the what was the what's the monster called? The Jabberwocky? Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. The Jabberwocky had it went off. Yeah. That that was Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> That has to be my favorite poem of all time. The Jabberwocky? Lu- yeah, Lewis Carroll's Jabberwocky. Yeah, man. Insane. And the Vorpal Blade went That's snicker-snack. The, the Vorpal Blade, man. I, I remember. My, do you guys know this movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, was shot in 12 frames per second? <laughs> what? Half of, of cinema standard. Whoa. 12 frames per That's... second. That's... You know, it's, no wonder it took three years. <laughs> but like, I'm surprised it for being shot in 12 frames per second. It looks surprisingly fluid. Like, oh yeah, you would think it would be really choppy. You know, most movies are like 24. You know, absolute gamer guys, you know, play games at like 200 frames per second. This is like, nah, bro. Gamer yeah, at 200 frames per second, I think 60s. Well, 60s is what I mean, 60s normal. 60s for what console plebs use, but. I mean, if you have a- uh, we actually use 30, so get <laughs> not helping. <laughs> but yeah, 12 frames. And then there's only like three shots in the entire movie that were shot at 24. And it's the the few like weird live action shots that are cut into the stop motion movie. And that's how, oh. like the, the soup falling through the spoon and the bugs falling into the lava pit. It's like, oh, yeah, the weird live action imposed onto the stop motion. Those scenes are a little bit uncomfortable just those shots well i'll be real like i keep noticing them in a lot of movies like in tim burton's uh corpse bride there was one shot which used a real smoke effect just none of it ever matches doesn't look never it doesn't look right but yet these people keep doing it and i don't quite know why it's like mixing uh when people mix 2d and 3d animation this is like the next dimension above that you're mixing 3d in real life and it just doesn't well see that's the or, or that's the crazy thing. 2D, 3D animation can look absolutely baller. Dead Cells nailed it. But I don't know. Just I, I think you're right, though. Just how realistic it is. And, and I think this is specifically a Tim Burton problem, by the way, because he just stylizes the like just living hell out of everything. Yeah, I think that it's just because he has such a distinct style. Anything that does not perfectly match that style, like you can notice it like instantly. That's true. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. I think it's funny that we were so excited about talking about Nightmare Before Christmas last time, and we have talked about, like, everything but Nightmare Before Christmas this time. Well, like, but true. <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say about it after watching it. It's like, everyone knows it. It's great. Yeah. I think you should watch it. Knows it's good. And it's also because, alas, I was unable to take notes this time. So I'm, I'm, I'm scraping around for material as best I can here. We just enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like... It's, Which sometimes you got to, right? you know? Look, guys, it's hard. It's so hard to be a movie podcaster, guys. We feel bad for us, right? We have to sit down and watch <laughs> a movie and actually think about it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I, if you can't tell, this is me making fun of pretentious internet celebrities. It's like when a teacher complains about all the stuff they have to grade. It's like, bro, you gave us the assignment. You know, it's like when I see internet famous people complain or like be ungrateful at all, it just irks me so bad. That's why I like this where, you know, any views we get or whatever, we're like, you know, incredibly grateful for. I feel like if you're famous online, 
like you owe it to the people who make you famous like to be good to them you know Mm -hmm. i just hate ungrateful celebrities i don't know i like complaining so uh (laughs) i'm fine when people do it i'm i'm totally fine well, and I think for teachers specifically, I, I allow them to complain as much as they want because they have three classes and they have to grade 90 papers and like you're sort of forced by the school board to, to give it all these assignments sure. and teachers will want, especially parents want more homework. That's a weird thing, by the way. Parents always want more homework. I've, I've noticed this as a teacher myself. Like people are just always asking for their kids to constantly be doing stuff. So when you're essentially being forced by these people to give all these like assignments, then you get all these assignments that you have to grade. And then it's like, well, I have to do 90 things. In addition to the hours of work I do already, I need to spend like two more hours at home. Like homework for us is homework for teachers, which is why so many just care if you do it because they've just gotten to the point where it's like, I honestly you know, couldn't care. You're going to get out of the class what you're going to get out of the class. But uh, moving back to Nightmare Before Christmas, I have some very interesting theories. You guys want to hear some? I'd love to. Yes. Okay. So this is a theory on Ranker.com. I just want to uh, plug them. Pretty cool. Uh, this one says the movie hints at all the ways the characters perish. So for instance, Sally is stitched together, right? Which means probably that when she died, she was cut up and dismembered into itsy bitsy little pieces, right? Itsy bit. Uh, yeah, itsy bitsy little pieces. That's why she's sewn together. Uh, Locke of the trick or treaters for Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Uh, is said to have frozen due to his white skin, blue lips, and choice of a devil costume, signifying a desire for heat. Zero, the ghostly pup, is believed to have been electrocuted as he resembles a wisp of smoke with his nose lighting up, signifying some kind of electric current in him. Huh. So, what do you guys think of that? I I, I buy it. I mean, there's that guy who literally has an axe in his head. Yeah. (laughs) Or there's that melty, gooey guy, right? He Maybe he got, like melted by acid or something i don't know but i i, I buy mm-hmm. that i think that's an interesting little tidbit or there's that clown with the the clown with the tearaway face you know maybe he got his face torn off gives me twisty twisty, twisty who's twisty Ooh, american horror story baby oh twisty the yeah clown. no you you won't catch me watching american horror. hold on i have to look up what a picture of twisty is twisty oh oh that's do, probably do the one without idea. the mask i want to hear your reaction ah what is this <laughs> ah. wait is that most wait, wait that's a mask he's wearing a did you do the one without wait, a mask wait I searched twisty the clown no mask and uh, I'm confused as to what I'm supposed to be looking at So the scary clown the mask which is all the teeth oh but when he takes the, like, the one without the mask he has like a whole mangled like face oh no? i oh i see i thought the whole face thing was a mask because it has like a red line oh around no it. no it's very like yeah. joker you remember that joker cart like comic where he like cut his face oh off? new 52 yeah is that new 52 the one where he cut his face mm-hmm. off yeah it it's actually technically the doll maker cut his face off and then joker's like wandering around trying to get his face back and, wait you know, no i thought this was thing. way older than new 52 Maybe they did I it a- think the Joker with the face off is New Fifty Two. What nerds? I'm thinking of uh of uh yeah. I think you're right. Actually, I'm not gonna press you because I don't know DC very well. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. And then he like put it back on, and it looks all gross. Yeah, it was disgusting. It was in the uh, Death of the Family. Yeah, arc, that's what I was. Okay, uh, yeah, I was thinking of Death of the Family. 
I, I love is that. Is that part of New 52? <laughs> yeah. What is New 52? New 52 is like the whole rebranding that they did like, that not everyone liked. Like the Marvel <laughs> Ultimate thing? Like, yes, okay. essentially. I got it. Speaking of Danny Elfman, speaking of Marvel, Danny Elfman composed the banging theme for Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire ones, by the way. Another example of how Danny Elfman never misses. Look, I'll give really? Tom Holland plenty of points, but I don't think anyone can deny that the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies have the best like musical theme ever. Sure, it's so Fine. cool, man. It's so Fine. cool, and it has those little bongos. I do like the bongos. We'll admit, we'll admit. But I have another theory, and I think this one actually ties into something that we were talking about earlier. Nightmare Before Christmas is a commentary on cultural appropriation. What? All right, let's. Oh, I see where this is going. All right, let's explain. Twitter <laughs> user Kindersaurus Rex sees a lesson about cultural appropriation. Bored with Halloween Town, Jack finds an ex- exciting exotic land with culture and traditions that are brand new to him. He doesn't understand Christmas, but knows he wants to take it and make it his own. Jack steals and kidnaps without a second thought in order to set his plan into action, then dumbs down the idea of Christmas to make it palatable for his fellow citizens of Halloween Town. <laughs> The citizens of Halloween Town decide to improve upon the thing they don't yet grasp and ignore the protestations of the head of Christmas Town, Santa Claus himself. What they come up with is a horrifying shell of what Christmas really is. I actually really like that. And I think it's that's that's that bomb. if you take that too, it sort of shows like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like I mean, people like Jack didn't his goal wasn't to destroy Christmas, right? I mean I like I like that theory a lot though, Charlie. I think that's 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 good. And and the, the end of the movie is Jack learning cultural appreciation versus appropriation. Which is <laughs> the a, racist points for Tim Burton are really which is an are really good thing to learn, oh, right? Man. Appreciation versus appropriation. There's a difference. And Jack just didn't get it. I agree. I think that the movie honestly, I super vibe with this theory. Uh I'm not sure if it if it knew that it was talking about that, but I think the story definitely ends up being something entirely like that where if you're to celebrate a, a tradition from another culture that you're not familiar with, then you would need to know why they're doing it. Otherwise, you're just going to do a horrible job at celebrating it, which is what ends up happening. It's also you know? a weird. I feel like the movie kind of has a weird message where it winds up being like, stick to what you're good at, you know, <laughs> which is really exactly strange. it's like discouraging uh, learning. But I, I thought it, so I heard someone say once that the entire movie is just Jack Skellington having a midlife crisis. And honestly, like true. Yeah. I mean, but honestly, that's any movie ever. Like, that's what the hero's journey is, is guy is tired of his life and so tries to do something new and fails miserably and decides that maybe what he had before wasn't so bad. Grass is not always greener. It's, that's literally Rude. it. Like, every Disney movie is like that, right? Every single musical or, or Disney princess movie has that song where they're just like, my life's terrible. I want more. The first song in Beauty and the Beast the the part of your world song in Little Mermaid, Jack's Lament in Nightmare Before Christmas. It's all just like, I'm discontented. I want more. Never mind the fact that Jack's Lament is an absolute bop, though. That's like what. Yes. That's my favorite song. I you know what Disney movie doesn't do that? What? Tangled. Are you joking me? I mean, it doesn't do the um. What's it called? The grass is greener because the grass literally was Sure, greener. but it does have the whole she I'm discontented, <laughs> I want more thing. Yeah, True. but this time she's right because she's, she's trapped in a tower. Fair enough. Gaslit, kidnapped. Yeah, where, I mean, really, like, 
Rapunzel doesn't exactly have like a, a like a moment of regret in that movie. She was totally right the whole time. Yeah. Right? Followed her gut, ended up great, right with got you. a haircut. Like that does, Queen. Not always that does not always work out. I saw someone trying to like basically I saw someone uh, this is my second cancelled installment of the of the podcast oh, for today. No. I saw someone try to <laughs> cancel Tangle once because Flynn Rider should have asked for consent before cutting off Rapunzel's hair. <laughs> I was like Dude, I see where you're oh. coming from, but it's a life or death situation against a magical witch, and you gotta nah. like, nah. Was love it, the wasn't take. she dead? Wasn't she like I, dead she, when you I, cut her hair off? No, he was dying. Oh yeah, and so oh, he cut her hair off so that the witch couldn't have it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he done, he got stabbed, and so Punzel was like, "Can I please just like heal him, and then I can go with you?" And da 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 da. And Gothel was like, "I bet." And then she's like <laughs> leaning over him. They're doing the whole back and forth, cuts her hair. Gothel flips out, falls out of the window, disintegrates, and he like nearly dies. And then he gets healed anyway. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he should have asked or not. I mean, I don't feel like he should have because <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in that moment, can I do, can I cut your hair off? And then Mother Gothel hears and just ruins just, it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta. The element of surprise is in his is, is on his favor. Exactly. I gotta really start keeping a list of every movie that's not Nightmare Before Christmas that we talk about today. Talked exactly. about. Okay, one more Nightmare Before Christmas theory though. Okay, let's ask another theory, Charlie. I've so this is the last theory. I think James is really gonna like this one. Oh. Uh, according to redditor New Leaf Thirty Seven uh, from Reddit. Hello, get it out of here. It's from Reddit. The last one was from Reddit. Oh no. <laughs> so so this theory is called the movie is about jack finding christianity what uh halloween town what? is hell and this specific hell is jack's existential crisis jack's introduction to jesus and god occurs when he finds himself in christmas town but he chooses not to share that part uh that's really weird wording share that part when he tells the citizens of halloween town about his discovery jack sings that the christmas spirit is invisible but everywhere and just because i cannot see it doesn't mean i can't believe it wait which true could be could be read as a reference to the blind faith people put in religious figures the redditor backs up their argument further by pointing out biblical quotes like santa's referencing the angel speech to the shepherds haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill towards men what? Wait, that didn't really make sense to me at first, but it kind of does. I like that this is all hinging on the fact that Christian started as a Christmas started as a you know cr Christian holiday. That's I don't buy that one as much. I think the theory I buy the most out of these is the cultural appropriation one because it's like that's that's what the movie's about. We just didn't use this word for it back then. Like the mm -hmm. term cultural appropriation yeah. didn't really exist, but that's definitely like just what the plot of the movie is. You know. So, I don't know, Casey. Do you have any thoughts on on Jack Skellington being a good a good, good Catholic skeleton? Boy? Good Catholic boy. I I don't know. I feel like I'm in the same boat as James, where I don't buy this one as much. Points were made. Mm -hmm. Points were made, but I yeah, I feel like I lean more towards the cultural appropriation one, or the the one where they're like deaths are hinted to that one's pretty cool as well did dr mm -hmm. finkelstein get his like skull cut open then is that how I, he died I yes Good. i 100 think so <laughs> yeah dr finkelstein uh, he's such a 
He was a a creep. Yeah, I'm but just he's saying. like a fun character. I I like I I mean I think it the fact no listen listen <laughs> he creates a slave woman no not to, like to listen. trap in his apartment. I think like when you think of Corpse Bride in an hour fifteen, how many fun memorable like really true what like bone daddy? Here are the characters in Corpse Bride: Victor, Emily, uh, the alive girl, Bone Jangles, arguably. And the bad guy, like that's it. This movie, Nightmare Before Christmas, the car- the cast is way more memorable. Jack Skellington, Sally, Doctor Finkelstein, Santa, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, the Mayor, Oogie Boogie. It, the list goes on, man. I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is just so much more memorable than Corpse Bride is, and I think that's because it's like more colorful and just honestly kind of like a more interesting setting than Corpse Bride. Like to be honest, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Corpse Bride is, is just, like we said before, it's just a less successful and less interesting version of, of Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'll, that's, I'll, that's my, I think that's what I've learned this spooky month. We should have some spooky month reflections. What did we learn? <laughs> I mean, I think I learned that Tim Burton uh, makes the same movie every time, and he did it best the first time he did it. And then every uh, subsequent movie is just a worse version of what he did already. I learned not to trust him because he's turned out to be racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't trust someone that only puts white people in their movies. True. When colonizer they literally behavior. create the colonizer mm-hmm. behavior. Did you learn anything about the spirit of Halloween, guys? Tim Burton's a colonizer. <laughs> Jack Skellington is too. He literally well, colonized Christmas. True. Imagine if you tried to co- if you try to colonize Thanksgiving. Oh no! That movie it would be all totally different. You know they they had plans. He just for, comes. Uh, they had plans for a Nightmare Before Christmas sequel in two thousand one. Afternoon I before Thanksgiving, that. and then Tim Burton was like, "No, no, no! Please don't make a second one." <laughs> no, no, what no, would no. the plot? Because he knew he knew. Well, what would the plot be? <laughs> just the same. It would be but with Easter. The same. No, 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 no! It would be Easter and Hanukkah this time. The uh, people instead. of Easter Town. <laughs> The people of Eastertown get tired, yeah, just get tired of being bunnies. What I thought was interesting is that in, like, an early draft of the script, uh, in, an, in an earlier draft of the script, Oogie Boogie was supposed to wind up being Dr. Finkelstein in disguise, which I think, I don't know. If, that could have gone hard. I, I don't know if that would be better or worse, though, because, like, worse. Cause Oogie Boogie's such a cool villain. Like, I love yeah. Oogie Boogie. He's, he's the jazzy, he's got the very, like, uh... I, I don't know what's the proper term to describe it. Like New Orleans, uh, Princess and the Frog the villain, draw. the voodoo kind of. Not, not like voodoo, but you know what I'm saying. Like, kind of. No, yeah. yeah, it's that way. No, well, what he does is definitely kind of. No, no, not really. I don't know. Well, let me consult my Because he doesn't have anything that deliberately is like voodoo, hoodoo stuff. No, it's like Dr. Wait, okay. Facilier. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, he was definitely like bluesy. I don't want to be. Like, I don't. I'm really just genuinely curious. It, I will clock you if you're being insensitive. No, no, no. Oh, let's get him. Let's is, get him, Casey. Is, I'll take the right. No, listen. Not, not in like a bad way. But just is like, hoodoo a thing, or do you just say it because it rhymes with voodoo? Because I say voodoo, hoodoo too. No, no hoodoo and voodoo are. There, but Wait, hoodoo, hoodoo is the thing since i've never heard of it so what's the, i i've only ever heard i whenever i hear people say hoodoo i was just like oh they're making a fun rhyme with voodoo like like heebie-jeebies <laughs> a spiritual tradition but, 
I'm gonna need to do some research because I'm in, I, I'm interested Here. to find out what the difference. Let is. me. My gosh, <clears throat> hoodoo is a thing. Hoodoo is a mixture of African practices with Native American influence and European Christian folk practices. And then how Whoa. is that different from voodoo? Where was voodoo originated from? I know that it was a very specific area. Well, voodoo's like South Louisiana, like folky. Yeah, I, I thought it had some sort of. Oh, I know it had a presence in in the Caribbean, at one. Point. Yes, I think that's where it originated. But then it like got popular um, in Louisiana. I don't know. I, I'm just extrapolating. Oh, so voodoo is an actual religion, and hoodoo is not an actual religion. It's just like a practice. Interesting. Oh, I've never met someone who like says. I mean, do you say I like my religion is is voodoo? Because if it's an actual, I mean, I've never met someone who practices voodoo. It's more like it's kind of just because uh, there's a large. Ta- I mean, there's kind of a big stigma around it. Yeah, because it's various. Well, <clears throat> I don't even know if I want to get into that. Uh, uh, I don't know like if you the- do either. <laughs> but yeah also w- going back to origins voodoo arose in haiti and hoodoo arose in africa oh that's interesting know, which is why it has all that all of the influence on hoodoo versus voodoo where it was more like contained ah so uh, is uh the slave trade sorry triangular <laughs> <laughs> trade Trans- Transatl- the transatlantic system uh, a push baby Oh, this yeah. is so cool. Yo, voodoo's actually badass. They sing no, songs for the rituals. Each deity has its own theme song. Dang. Christianity needs to step its game up. Whoa, what are you talking about, man? Maybe Christianity, the- Catholicism's got music on lock. I just want to point oh, out. Oh, do you have like a cool 80s theme song for, for Jesus? Are you implying that voodoo so. has a cool 80s theme song for their yes. like, ritualistic yes. eight- sacred deities? I'm 100% implying that. That's a little culturally insensitive. I think that they have cooler music, because all of their stuff is musical, at least from the two minutes I've spent reading Wikipedia, because there's four phases to a voodoo ritual, at least all identifiable by the song being sung. At least he's trying, guys. You don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't- <laughs> Charlie, don't- Char- Charlie's Jack Skellington go to- going into the voodoo door. <laughs> no, not the voodoo. Step away from the voodoo oh, door. No. On, on Monday, I'm just going to be Dr. Facilier. Just watch. Oh, no. no. It's what's going to happen. Please refrain. I'm going to definitely do some research because I'm very, like, interested now. I know. I, I feel like I have so much learning to do. My eyes have been opened. And then I'll just... Look at yeah. that. We're learning yeah, things. The Socratic Cinema Podcast is very non-focused and educational today. Ooh, it's virtualized. <laughs> it's kind of a, a lazy Saturday. It's, it's a Sunday today and uh, the day of recording. Wow, you thought it was Saturday. It's I a, can't it's a it. pretty lazy Sunday over here in Southern California. It's also way too hot to be October. Um, I know. Greta Thunberg Whoa, better get on it. There's, there's Catholic voodoo. What? Yeah, Wait, like, early followers of voodoo in the United States ad- adopted the image of the Catholic saints to represent their spirits. So it's not Catholic. It's not Catholic voodoo. It's, it's oh, okay. voodoo Catholic. 
other Catholic practices adopted into Louisiana voodoo include reciting the Hail Mary and the Lord's Prayer. So it's not like Catholic people do voodoo things. It's like voodoo, well, it's voodoo people voodoo do Catholic people things. do Catholic. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's probably for assimilation. Right. Pro honestly, probably. Because that's like because yes. that's not a two way. You know, it's like not a two way street. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Different, you know, people in the in the sky. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of. I, I mean, hey, both of them, however, have had a Disney villain. We had True. Count Frollo or whatever his name was, and the ultimate equalizer. Oh my God. Disney villain! If you've had a, Di you you know you're a marginalized group when Disney made a villain out of you. How did he? Honestly, even no. the colonizers have For one real? with the, the dude from oh, Pocahontas. Oh no, I, I almost called him John Wick, not John Smith. <laughs> John just Wick's Pocahontas, just walking Pocahontas, right? And Oogie Boogie's marginalized no! group is Louisianians. It's just people from Louisiana, not, Louisiana. not the just the just blues in general. Oh gosh, jazz just fans, blues. jazz fans, jazz fans are the most oppressed minority in America. Oh my god. All right. Well, we are running ooh. out of time seriously though. <laughs> I don't know, does anyone have any ending ending point? It's just a good movie. Like it's just a good solid movie. Nightmare Before Christmas. I wish I could do it more justice today in this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little ashamed of my performance today. But uh it's just a great movie. It's just a very comforting fun watch and I think if if you're listening to this and it's not Halloween yet, which it won't be Halloween yet when this comes out. Uh, go watch Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, before you before Halloween comes or on Halloween. It's it's just a fun, spooky watch. That's my closing thoughts. I concur. Verily, I third. You third. I third. <laughs> I third. With that being said, I'm gonna do a little bit of spieling before we go. Uh, we're coming up on the end of our episode here, and uh, we want to thank you all for watching. Yeah, so subscribe if you want to on YouTube. We have lots of cool podcasts and video essays over there. Uh, if you're listening on any other platform, be sure to leave a thumbs up or write a review and share the podcast with your friends. Maybe I'll put that part at the beginning, and now that we're here at the end, I'll say once again, thanks for listening. Make sure you share and like and follow and do all that good stuff. Find us on Instagram at Socratic Cinema and twitter at cinema socratic and twitch at socratic cinema every week i'm gonna say i'm gonna start streaming soon because i i feel myself getting closer to actually streaming one of these days apply the pressure i know everyone. just every every Do podcast it. i'm gonna keep saying it but uh yeah i think that's about it so uh thanks for listening this is concluding our spooky season we've come to the end it's only two episodes long but that's because we release every other week because we're busy uh, we'll catch you all in the Christmas season. Until next time, we've been Socratic Cinema. Thanks for listening. Ad Adios. Adios.